The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today, we're going to be discussing Wizarding Economics, specifically why and how a magical world would still have impoverished people. With the advent of magical capabilities, how can there possibly be witches and wizards living derelict lifestyles? At the very least, shouldn't every witch wizard be able to source some clean clothes? In Harry Potter, there are many passages alluding to the lack of economic stability in certain wizarding families, with a particular focus on the Weasleys. From their house to their hand-me-down robes, it's certainly no secret that the Weasleys were financially stretched. Draco Malfoy even makes a comment towards Ron where he suggests that the Weasley family name is synonymous with this sort of thing. Think my name's funny, do you? Well, no need to ask yours. Red hair and a hand-me-down robe? You must be a Weasley. And when Harry first witnesses the Weasley family vault, he's at a loss for words. Harry enjoyed the breakneck journey down to the Weasley's vault, but felt dreadful, far worse than he had in Nocturne Alley when it was opened. There was a very small pile of silver sickles inside, and just one gold galleon. Mrs. Weasley felt right into the corners before sweeping the whole lot into her bag. But the Weasleys weren't the only characters in the Harry Potter story that were lacking in funds. In fact, in my opinion, one of the most extreme examples of poverty in Harry Potter is Remus Lupin. It's reinforced over and over and over that his clothes are tatty and that he looked sickly. The first time that we're introduced to Lupin's character, he's described as follows. The stranger was wearing an extremely shabby set of wizard's robes that had been darned in several places. He looked ill and exhausted. Though quite young, his light brown hair was flecked with grey. It's on his case, she replied, pointing at the luggage rack over the man's head where there was a small, battered case held together with a large quantity of neatly knotted string. The name Professor R.J. Lupin was stamped across one corner in peeling letters. Then again, the sorting ceremony. Professor Lupin looked particularly shabby next to all the other teachers in their best robes. When Harry encounters Lupin for the second time after their arrival at Hogwarts, the passage even suggests that Lupin had eaten properly for the first time in a while. Lupin smiled vaguely and placed his tasseled briefcase on the teacher's desk. He was as shabby as ever, but looked healthier than he had on the train, as though he had had a few square meals. Was Lupin so poor that he couldn't afford food? How can this be a reality in wizarding society? First of all, I'd like to state that I appreciate that each of these examples can be somewhat explained via their unique circumstances. In the Weasley family, there were a lot of mouths to feed and one primary stream of income. As for Lupin, well, he was a werewolf, and that meant that getting work was exceedingly difficult. J.K. Rowling expanded on this in an interview. Remus lived a hand-to-mouth existence, taking jobs that were far below his level of ability, always knowing that he would have to leave them before his pattern of growing sick once a month at the full moon was noticed by his workmates. But bearing all of this in mind, I still can't help but wonder, with the advent of magic, how is it possible that poverty can exist on this level? As an outsider looking in, it seems like magic would be more than enough of an advantage to make sure there's at least food on the table. 
At the very least, I think that even the lowest standards of living were still significantly elevated than what we might witness in the muggle world. But here's the thing, the wizarding world has an economy just like our own with mediums of exchange and a system of finance. They even have their own wizarding money, coming in many different forms including galleons, sickles and canuts. Yes, that's right, it's pronounced canuts. Galleons are the largest form of currency, equivalent to about 17 sickles or 493 canuts. And just because it's a magical world, it doesn't suddenly mean that things are going to be free. Services and goods require payment. Bearing this in mind, I want to pose the question, is it an advantage to be magical or is the wizarding population just as reliant on a functioning economy as the rest of us? Can't witches and wizards simply create food, money, clothing, or shelter using magic? What are the limitations here? What we first need to remember is that magic has laws just like everything else. Magic can be pretty remarkable, but it still has its limits. One of the main things that comes to mind in this context is Gamp's Law. Gamp's Law of Elemental Transfiguration is a fundamental property of magic and magical law which identifies what can and cannot be conjured. Conjuration is a form of transfiguration. In effect, the law articulates that one cannot create something out of nothing. While some have mistaken Gamp's law for a piece of wizarding legislation, in reality the law is simply a scientific axiom, a law of magic itself. There are five principal exceptions to Gamp's law, with only one being focused on in canon which pertain to food. This is referenced in the books. Your mother can't produce food out of thin air, no one can. Food is the first of the five principal exceptions to Gamp's law of elemental transfiguration. It's impossible to make good food out of nothing. You can summon it if you know where it is, you can transform it, you can increase the quantity if you've already got some. And when food seemingly came out of nowhere in the books, there was always an explanation. When McGonagall produced a never-ending platter of sandwiches, it was food summoned from the Hogwarts kitchens. The same can be said for the vast stretches of food presented in the Hogwarts banquet hall during student feasts. But provided that this is the only magical law pertaining to food, and that food can be multiplied, I don't really know what Remus's excuse is for being hungry. He wasn't completely broke, he still had money here and there, so why didn't he just buy a small amount of food and multiply it? If this was an option in the muggle world, I'm sure that everyone would capitalize on it. In my opinion, this is a bit of a plot hole. Gamp's law prohibited him from creating food out of nothing, but it didn't stop him from multiplying or enlarging food in his possession. I don't think there's really any proper explanation for him being as hungry as he was portrayed to be when Harry first meets him. But moving on, I wonder what the exceptions are to this magical law. Given that Gamp's law seems to be centered around conjuration, I think it's reasonable to infer that the other four exceptions were simply other categories of substances which could also not be created from nothing. If you guys want a video on all of them, then leave a comment down below, but for now, I'm going to just focus on one more. Based on what I know about wizarding society, I suspect that one of the other main exceptions is somehow related to money or gold. This would explain why some witches and wizards don't have a lot of it, and would also explain how wizarding poverty could exist at all. It's also likely that the exceptions with gold were deeper rooted than food, as if gold could be multiplied as food could be, then it still wouldn't really be any kind of an issue. 
Being too lazy to multiply your own gold is not exactly an excuse for being poor, so I imagine it's just not a possibility. Furthermore, if it was possible to transfigure things into gold, then the quest for the fabled Philosopher's Stone, which does just that, would not have been going on for centuries. In conclusion, the wizarding economy, which so closely resembles our own, absolutely leaves the door open for poverty, at least on some level. The only difference between those without wealth in the muggle world and magical world is that witches and wizards were able to multiply their food sources. This is a massive advantage, but besides that, magic doesn't necessarily appear to be of much help. And that's it for this video. If you enjoyed it, please like the video and subscribe to the channel. Until next time, remember, it is the quality of one's convictions that determine success, not the number of followers.